You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. This is Socks in the Basement. My name's Chris. That's Dave. We grew up across the street from each other over on 80th and Spalding. We talk White Sox for a half hour in my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago. Which is very Christmassy today. Oh, yeah, add. it is. We got the big, I got the big C9 lights going. I, I only turn them on when I'm down here because if they're on when I'm not around, that's when the fire will start. Exactly. Yeah, so I got those. I got those wrapped around the, the bar lights. I got the Christmas tree in the background. We don't have time to talk about it or anything. Because we've got only a half hour to talk about all the rumor, Lots of innuendo, bold-faced lies, and sort through all that to try to find some kind of truth as to what's going on in the winter meetings. So, where do you want to start, Chris? Well, there's a lot, okay? And I, I want to talk about uh, this outrage over Harold Baines becoming a Hall of Famer. So I, I want to talk about a really interesting move that was made in the minor leagues that was announced yesterday. Okay. You know, and there's a reason why this show is coming out when it's coming out. We're putting this out just a little bit early because we're putting out smack dab in the middle of the winter meetings because then I'm hoping if something happens to put up a wrap-up show either Thursday night or Friday night, you might get two socks in the basements this week. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the second one. I know a lot of people have subscribed now after the Benetti interview. That was a big boon for us, and we really appreciate Jason being on. It was awesome having him here. Yeah, it was great. I've just been sitting in front of the television watching the winter meetings coverage on MLB Network. Who is normally pretty good about this kind of stuff. Yeah, but you know what? But they're sucked into what the nation wants to see. They keep trying to propose. Like, even last night... They're still trying to hammer home the idea of what if the Cubs go after Bryce Harper? Well, they would have to trade this guy. They'd have to move this guy. They'd have to deal this guy. They'd have to open up some room. And they have to make their payroll $240 to $250 million. And, and that's the best they could come up with was three trades and go into $250 million. Because they can't accept the fact that even their own insiders are saying they're not in it. Right. Rosenthal pretty much said the same thing. He said the Cubs are, he's not hearing that the Cubs are in on Harper. Then they have a prognosticating octopus. Okay, a prognostopus. This is the ridiculousness. <laughs> That's awesome. It's on the MLB network last night. They have an octopus in a tank provided by the casino. And they put two symbols for the octopus to wrap its tentacles around. And this is going to be the team that the octopus thinks is going to get Bryce Harper. Now, before they do this, and it's live when they do it, so they have the same information we have, and their same guys who are on their network are tweeting out the information that it's a three-team race now for Harper, it's the Phillies, it's the White Sox, and it's the Dodgers, but the Dodgers would have to make several moves to clear to room clear payroll. to get Bryce Harper. Right. And that's it. Now, there was talk of there's a mystery GM flying in, and there's this... Listen, Whatever. This is stuff that's been reported by multiple sources who are on the ground, is that it's these three teams. Right. Yet MLB Network puts a Yankee symbol and a Philly symbol in there for the octopus to decide which team Harper's going to. Can you believe to. that crap? That's, according to a report that now, I'm like, seeing there's, on. There's no White Sox symbol in there. No. There's according- not even a Dodgers one, even though they're really not in it. They're like the third team in a two-team race. But they don't even, they 
don't even want to mention the White Sox. It, it drives them nuts that Bryce Harper might go to the White Sox. According to a report, just to clarify this, that I just saw on uh, NBC Sports Chicago, the Yankees seem to be out on Bryce Harper. They're out. So. Brian Cashman said before that show came out yesterday, before it aired, because I'm looking on Twitter, we, he named off six outfielders. And what's crazy is they reported it on the exact same segment 20 minutes before the octopus picks between the Yankees and the Phillies that Brian Cashman named six outfielders, including Jacoby Ellsbury, who really doesn't even play for them. Right. As one of the reasons, as six reasons why they would not get Harper and that Harper would not be playing first base for them. So there was no room for him and they were moving on and they don't even know why they're being asked about it. Right. It's the White Sox and the Phillies. This is a White Sox-Phillies two-team race. And then the other thing that comes out is that the Sox are one of three main teams, and there's a few fringe ones. There's always fringe ones. But the Sox are one of three main teams that are looking at Manny Machado, too. They're also pitching Machado. So that conversation has been resurrected also. Right, that's been resurrected. And, And I think that somebody who looks at all the tweets and all the information and all the news stories and reads between the lines, if you get a big enough picture of everything and you take a step back, you take a breath and you look at it, and, and then you hear Rick Hahn. I want to play an audio clip, um, and I'm going to say his last name wrong because, to be honest with you, he's more of a print guy, and so God knows I- I'm probably saying it wrong, okay? But he's been a beat guy for a long time. Daryl Van Schauen, he tweeted this out. Okay. Okay? And uh, at CST underscore Soxvan, he tweeted out this little clip, and this was part of Rick Hahn speaking to Chicago media. I mean, if you look in the clip, there's, there's all these Chicago media guys that are standing around while he's talking to them. It's obviously something that all the Chicago people huddled around, got something from Rick so they could have it for the news. Right. Okay. I'm going to play it. I'm going to have to pump it up. There's going to be a little bit of fuzz because the audio quality wasn't great in the tweet, but I want to play this for you. It's about a minute. And then I want to look at everything that we just talked about with who the White Sox are in, the fact that you're hearing possibly Machado, the fact that you hear that they... They gave a big presentation again. They spoke with Harper again out in Vegas. And the fact that I also saw a tweet that said that the White Sox spent most of their time on free agency, not a lot on trades on the first day. So listen to this clip, and then I want to just break down for you what I think it means. I think Friday or something was the two-year anniversary when we started this rebuild in earnest with the the Boston trade. And, you know, it's... We are very important for us to remain diligent about where we are in this. We're entering year three of a rebuild, and although I think there's some potential skepticism that it might be a year too soon to perhaps be pushing in, uh, we're very mindful of that. And we also want to balance the fact that there is some unique opportunities out there in the market and we wouldn't be doing our job even if it were perhaps or it is perhaps a year too early we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't fully vet those those opportunities it doesn't mean that we're going to again just look for any way to to make some sort of splash it has to fit with the long-term vision of what we're trying to accomplish Uh, traditionally the third year rebuild isn't always the time where you you know, push those chips in, so to speak. Uh, but when unique opportunities present themselves, we have to respond. Okay, so here's what I think that means. I think it says a lot. Oh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, um, the, the quote that went with the video clip was, Rick Hahn didn't reveal much today. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas is, is about what he said. Right. I don't think that's what he said. 
I think what Rick Hahn said was extremely revealing. What he's saying is, first of all, he's addressing the fact that nobody believes they're going to do anything. And he's saying, you're right. Normally, you wouldn't, and this was not the plan because we are still in a rebuild. But he says that there are, quote-unquote, unique opportunities, unique opportunities that are presenting themselves this year. The unique opportunities agencies. are two different guys. Yes, Machado it's and Harper. It's two 26-year-old superstars. Machado and Harper. Machado and Harper that are available right. to them. So if you listen to what he's saying, he's also saying, we're going to look at those opportunities. But he said in that interview, he said it on an interview in the morning, on Monday morning, on MLB Network. He kept saying, we are not going to go for short-term solutions or things that are going to leave money on the books with players that we don't see as part of the long-term rebuild that are going to clog up and take away roster flexibility. This is something he said on MLB Network. Interesting. If you take that and you take what you just heard, okay, it's Harper or Machado or nothing. I'm telling you that right now. This team is all in on the idea of trying to snag one, maybe even both, because if it was both, they still only have $110 million payroll in a world where the World Series winner had a $233 million payroll right, last year. Right, that's okay? been pretty standard. I know people are sitting there going, $110 million, you're all used up. Baseball has changed. The economics are different, and the White Sox, when it's time to spend money, will be far over no, $110 and million. No, and there's no salary right. cap. There's just a luxury tax that is there's really a, high. Right, exactly. Okay? And if they start bringing in people because of the excitement of bringing in uh, these kind of players, they can keep pushing it up. But here's the thing. It's these two guys or nothing major. I, I'm telling you that right now. He is not trading prospects no. for a big player. No, he is not. Because he, he is still in the rebuild, and he still wants to see what he has. And, and, and he is not going out and signing a, a stopgap guy unless that guy is taking one or two years. And if he's doing that, he's waiting for whatever's left. Uh, stopgap guys are whatever's left. They will wait until February. And they'll be signing a guy that was, they'll be picking between three leftovers that were not, anytime you hear anybody's name, like I heard DJ LeMahieu now all of a sudden. Oh, right, Guess okay. what? He's not going to be a guy they're going to go grab. They're not going to grab him and move Mancata over now because they're not going to get into any kind of bidding war with anybody. J.A. Happ, he wants a three-year deal. Han doesn't want him now. Han wants a guy one, two years. One, he doesn't want years. a guy with right. any bad money who's getting old, who's on the back end, or who's a stopgap. He's not going after these guys. It's Machado or Harper, I think Harper's number one, Machado's number two, or bust. They're all in on these guys. He is at the winter meetings with only one thing in mind. Try to get one of these guys. And maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree with me on this, but when I listen to that clip, does it sound like maybe Han is not really too fond of the free agent class next year coming up? No, I think that there's the thing is this because there's a chance that Nolan Arenado is in the free agent class next year, but you don't know what the Rockies are going to do. Okay, I did hear the Rockies GM on MLB Network when they brought him on shortly after Han was on, and they asked about Arenado, and he didn't sound very positive. It was like one of those things like we're keeping that in house or blah blah blah. But if you were a big name guy, the way the money is now, mm. the fact that be, and you're watching what Machado and Harper are supposedly getting offered. Would you sign a deal for less when you're going to hit the open market in your prime years no. at, a, at a skill position like the infield? So, yeah, he'll become available next year. There also could be way too many teams into it at that point. See what I'm saying? It, right. You strike when you can. When these rare opportunities show up where you can get a guy who, who could be a major difference maker for your team. Who's in the prime of his strike. career. strike. And that's what the Sox are saying. They're saying, we aren't ready yet. The rebuild isn't ready yet. The plan was 2020. 
But if we got to grab a guy in 2019 because we're going to sign him for 10 years, he'll still be there in his prime in 2020. So right. we'll make that move now. But we're not going out after, you know, this free agent, that free agent. We're not going to sit there and get in the middle of these ridiculous trades. We're not sending away three prospects to somebody else. We're not doing any of that. I predict this. I predict the White Sox either grab Harper or Machado, and if they don't, the White Sox will be one of those teams that will be criticized all throughout the, the months leading up to the start of opening day, to the start of the season, as one of these teams that isn't willing to go out and get a perfectly good free agent to improve their team because they're still tanking. Because they are not going to go out and sign anybody until they've got one of these big guys. They go get Harper, trust me, they'll make a couple extra moves. They'll say, you know what, we can compete in the Central Division. But otherwise, I think the White Sox are willing to say it's these guys are bust. I, I'm really starting to get that feeling listening to what Han is saying. It's these guys are bust. We didn't go through the pain of all of this and, and the rebuild of all of this. Now, now, Kenny's ready, man. You listen to Kenny at the winter meetings. Kenny's like, it's time to go. Right. Kenny, of Kenny's course. Like, Kenny's like, you know what? Somebody offered me, uh, you know, a, 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 like a, an old veteran for one of these prospects. I'd ship him right off. Of course he would. Right. He, he can't wait to make these trades. Of He's course. hearing things like we can get we can get a we can get Zach Ranky. Oh, and they're God. like, and you know what? That's what he's doing. And it's like, you, you know, every once in a while, they got to get so Rick's got to turn to somebody and be like, go get Kenny a drink. Bring him down to the casino. Keep him away from me How for about an put hour. something in his yeah, get drink? Him, get him away from me for an hour. Give him a roofie. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. There are people that are pissed off about Harold Baines. Why, though? Getting uh, into the Hall of Fame. And what's crazy is that some of them claim to be White Sox fans. Yeah, I don't get it. I, well, there first of all, I haven't, I haven't there are, heard there are, there are White Sox blogs. White Sox tweeters, White Sox podcast, who are upset that Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame. And look, I'm one of the first people to say that the Hall of Fame has become diluted, that I always thought it should be the best of the best. But if you look at some of the other names that are in the Hall of Fame, I, I have no problem with the fact that a Veterans Committee put in Harold Baines. And people are sitting around, they're saying, well, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf was in there, and Tony La Russa was in there, and all these other people that played with him. That's what happened last year. That's the whole idea of that committee. That committee is the same one that put Trammell and Jack Morris in last year, okay? And Trammell and Jack Morris got in because there were guys who played with them. That committee specifically puts people that played with that player in with a couple of sports writers, and the sports writers look at him and go, all right, because Jason Stark was telling the story about how he was on that committee last year. Right. He's on MLB Network, and he's like, I was on that committee last year, and I was like, well, I never voted for, for Jack Morris. Why should I vote for him? And a couple of players have faced him, told him some stuff, and he became convinced. You know what? It's not all about the war of the player. It's not all about these sabermetric things. Where There are re other reasons why you can consider a guy to be in the Hall of Fame. He was an all-star at the age of 40 and at the age of 25. He was a consistent player for two decades. Right. He would have had 3,000 hits if it wouldn't have been for some work stoppages easily. And that's a magic number to get you into the Hall of Fame. Now, I understand that the baseball writers only gave him 4 or 5%, basically. I think his highest number was 6%. He was only on the ballot for five years, and he fell off the ballot. But we sit around and criticize baseball writers all the time. Why, why all of a sudden is it, am I supposed to believe that they're the smartest people in the world? They, they don't make mistakes? These are the same people that, that walked around during the steroid era and knew that these guys were on stuff and didn't say anything. And then when it happened, all of a sudden, they acted like they were surprised. Right. You see all the bottles in the locker rooms? 
So please, don't put all your stock in that these people are the baseball experts of the world and that everything they do is with the greatest of integrity. Some of them, sure. But come on. That can't be your argument that because he didn't get a lot of votes when he was in the original thing, he shouldn't even be up for this Veterans Committee. If he's in, celebrate that he's in. I don't care about what national people say. I, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to the mad dog Chris Russo who went on a rant yelling about how this is the biggest travesty ever. Oh. You know, I'm going to say it even if MLB Network's mad at me. Whatever, Christopher. You know that you already cleared it through MLB Network. Stop acting like you didn't. Stop acting like you would have been allowed to do that if they didn't think it was okay. I've been in the media. I know you're full of crap. Okay. Nobody in the media will tell you you're full of crap. That's the beauty of this, of this podcast. We're just two guys sitting down here. And we can tell people that they're full of crap. But they're full of crap. I'm not trying to get on the score. I'm not trying to get on ESPN. I have no, I have no want or need to become a member of the Chicago White Sox. I'm not looking for sports mockery to pick up the podcast. I'm not looking for uh, um, one of these other one of these other sports podcasting uh, uh, or blogging media conglomerates to to buy me up or something like that. I'm not interested in any of that. That's not the motivation of the show. So I have absolutely no problem telling you, shut up, Christopher Russo. <laughs> okay, and that's bull. You, you stop acting like you're a rebel. You discussed it backstage with your producer. That's what you do before you go on the air. Stop. I think you should be celebrating the fact that one of our own, a White Sox player, got into the Hall of Fame. And I think if you're a White Sox fan and you're and you're upset about it, you're getting sucked into, again, the national media. You're trying to believe that, well, I don't want to be a dumb fan. And a dumb fan would be happy for Harold Baines. And I want to be a smart fan. And I want to look at sabermetrics and war. Look, we look at it all the time on this show. I love Harold Baines. Uh, you could debate whether or not you think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if I would have thought he was a Hall of Famer before he got elected, but I am not going to poo-poo the process or say that he's like illegitimate. And I feel bad for Harold because he's going to get brought up all the time now because there are only now three baseball players who were first round number one overall draft picks who got into the Hall of Fame. And he's one of them. Really? And the other two were first ballot Hall of Famers, Chipper Jones and Ken Griffey Jr. Right. And, the, uh, and this guy... This guy got in on a committee, so it's going to get brought up every year. Oh. Unfortunately for Harold, and I think it sucks, and it pisses me off, and it should piss you off as a White Sox fan. It's going to be a thing that when they're, when they're sitting around, they're talking Hall of Fame later on this year. When they're talking about Edgar Martinez, they're going to be like, Harold Baines is in. Why should Edgar Martinez be in? He's going to be the guy. He's, he's going to be somebody now who's almost going to get picked on, and I hate that. Harold Baines does not deserve to become the butt of a joke or that somebody's going to sit there and put him down in every conversation they have about the Hall of Fame. See, what are they going to do? They're going to boo him when he gets up there when he gives his speech? Because I, I'm I'm aggravated looking at it. I mean, come on, the guy got in. It's it, it. There were these were the rules. He got in underneath the rules. He's humble about it. He's a good guy. And you know what? You can't sit there and say that he sucked as a player. He, he did not suck as a player. He was a good player. Yeah, I do. I, I haven't heard the hate. I just maybe oh, yeah, yeah I'm missing it. There's I'm hate missing everywhere. it. There's yeah, hate on the I haven't internet. heard it. There's hate I haven't on, heard it. There's hate on MLB Network. There's hate in the press. There's hate. Like I said, there are White Sox blogs and White Sox podcasts that are hating on this. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't. I because don't. Because Because you're trying to sound smart. Because you're trying. You're trying. What are you? You, you think you're. Gonna, you think you're going to be the next guy in six seventy to score? Is that what it is? You want to be Dan Bernstein's partner? So you got to be <laughs> critical of things. Calm down, please. Stop yourself. Well, if you are, you're not going to be there for more than six months no, anyway. No, somebody else. <laughs>
Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Okay, so you guys want to start a podcast Yeah Yeah. What we need to do is start from scratch There's lots of podcasts There's like six of them now Yeah, <laughs> 12 podcasts that I'm doing a week I come down here into the bar I drink all day long and I do podcasts my wife is like, you have a problem. I love your new and it's job, not the, Chris. it's not the drinking, it's the podcast. There's too many of them. Should I keep it light? Stay out of the fight. No one's gonna listen to me. If I write a song, preaching what is wrong, will they let me sing on TV? Should I keep it light? You're gonna eat lightning. You're gonna crap thunder. Is that right? You're gonna be a greasy <laughs> Italian tank. Growing up on a podcast. Socks in the basement. Socks in the EP podcast. 30 minutes of good in a world of dumb. We gon' burn the whole house down. All right, a um, couple things we got to get through because there are there are a lot of different rumors and uh, and things that are going on. First of all, uh, Omar Vizcal. Omar, yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about the Omar thing. He gets himself promoted from single A to double A while the winter meetings are going on. You're going to shrug and say, what does that mean? Here's what it means. He moves up with the guys from the Dash who are this big group, this big clump of prospects that we're waiting for that are going from single A to double A. And so in that class, you've got um, uh, I think I think Robert's going to be Robert's going to be moved up. Uh, uh, Mad Madrigal 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 um, Dane Dunning, I believe, will move up in that group. There's, okay. there, there's there's names that are moving up in that group. And I don't even think it's set for sure who's moving up in that group. Some of that might be speculation, what I just said, but that's that's what I expect. He's basically going to stick with this group. And let me tell you something right now. It's also significant because by seeing how important he is in the development of that group, at a minimum, expect him to be on the bench as a bench coach or with these guys at some point when they get up here. Right. At some point, their coach that brought them through all the tough times and taught them and helped develop them will be on the bench in the majors as a bench coach. And Ricky Renteria better watch out because this guy is probably his replacement, or at least they're thinking if we have an in-house replacement, if we don't like what Ricky's doing, let's say Omar is developing these guys. We love them. Then they get to the majors and they suck. It's going to be like, well, it's Ricky. And they'll be like, thank you very much, Ricky. Come on in here, Omar, and sit down. We don't have to really worry about Ricky's extension because Omar, you're not going to cost very much. It's your first managerial job, right? You, could, it's possible. It's just something to keep an eye on. It's not happening right now, but I, I think it's possible. the The other thing is that they're going after a free agent, the kid from the uh, the Red Sox that came out. That's that may be their only move that comes out of the winter meetings unless they make a splash. Because oh. a lot of people don't think Harper or Machado are going to do anything for another month because the agents want to get as much money as they possibly can. Joe Kelly, yeah, Joe Kelly is the guy you're thinking of. Daniel Greenberg on Twitter, he's at Shy Sport Updates, put out yesterday at about noontime that the Chicago White Sox are among the teams that are showing interest in free agent reliever Joe Kelly that came uh, originally from Rob Bradford of WEEI in Boston. Okay. I think that the White Sox, if they, like, remember what I said here at the beginning. 
they don't get Harper and Machado, don't expect them to do much. With the exception of the bullpen. I think that this team realizes that there were games they would have won last year if they would have had a better bullpen. It doesn't hurt them to spend a little money on bullpen. Because bullpen guys are only going to be for a couple years anyway, and you're really not going to get yourself stuck in some sort of bad contract that's going to hurt your flexibility. You know, They're not going and getting Craig Kimbrell. You see what I'm saying? Right, and Han has said it. I mean, Han has come right out and said it. We are going to fix the bullpen this year. Like He has, he has been on record as to saying that. The Socks in the Basement podcast Twitter account, at Socks in the Basement, put out a poll. Do you see the White Sox making a significant move slash signing before Bryce Harper picks a team? 43% think that they will do that. But the majority, 57%, say no, he's the first domino. I think he's the first domino. You could put an addendum on that because that poll was put together before I heard that they were back in the Machado thing. If they, for some reason, ended up with Machado, he could be the first domino as well. But like I said, the, these are the two guys. And I think Harper's the main prize and Machado's the secondary prize. And if they don't get either one of those prizes, it's a couple of little moves. It's more positioning. It's the hope for a better year. And it's go at it even harder in 2020. Right. Right. And now. And another gets- and, and add another year of development on the add another year of development on the young players. You get in 2020, you get Kopech back. So there's that. I mean, and Cease will be up by the end of this year. Right, exactly. And, and that's the thing. I think that I think that the team see always saw it as a three-year rebuild. And you could hear that in what Han said. Yeah, but, that's been ever since. Something exciting is happening in the free agent field, and we have to give it a shot. If we don't make it, get ready for year three of a three-year rebuild before they really turn it on. And it's going to piss people off, but I think that's what the team's doing. Before we get out of here, I want to address the Abreu thing. And we okay, actually got okay. a phone call about it. Okay. Remember, you can give us a call anytime you want to. You can leave a message, okay? 708-459-8406. 708-459-8406. Remember, we're also on Facebook.com slash Socks in the Basement. We got a Instagram at Socks in the Basement. We have a Twitter at Socks in the Basement as well. But this one came in on the phone line. Hi, this is Don Garcia Jr. from Chicago Heights, Illinois. Uh, I'm calling to see if you guys have any information on what's going on with uh, Los Angeles, with the uh, Dodgers uh, calling for a break. I, I'm seeing this all over the website. Maybe you guys have some insight on it. Uh, be glad to hear it on your show. Thank you. Bye. Do you think that they're really shopping a break? I don't. I don't think they're shopping a break either. No, I don't I think, think so. You look at what Rick Hahn has told people at the winter meetings over the last 24 hours. He actually said, the, he said it, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it sitting in front of me. He said something along the lines of, there are rumors out there that just aren't true. Hmm. There are things that we're being attached to that just aren't true. And then when talking specifically about Abreu said, uh, he knows that we love him and we're, we're being attached to this. We're not shopping him. They're not shopping him. Just because a team calls about a guy doesn't mean that you have to be interested. And it's been I'm, reported that the sure, Astros are calling about him. I'm sure Call people all you are calling, want to, yeah. But that doesn't mean that the Sox are shopping him. But I think in no, this and, age where everybody's trying to report something happening, people read somebody calls about Abreu as the Sox are trying to trade Abreu. That's not what happened. No, that's, that that's, isn't. It's not happening. It's like somebody calls about Abreu and, I mean, right. look, Han has to I listen. Call about listen. Aaron Judge. 
I, I, I can call my hey hey uh, uh, Brian Cashman. It's uh, it's uh, Rick Hahn. Um, Aaron Judge, you available? I got a couple of low level prospects I'd like to give you. You know, I mean, and then you guys can go after Harper, and I'll just take Aaron Judge. I mean, Brian Cashman would laugh. Right. He might pee himself a little bit. But we <laughs> called. Would you then report that the Yankees are shopping Aaron Judge? And if somebody, and I'm not saying Aaron Judge is the same as Jose Abreu. I'm just trying to make a point here. And if somebody calls you, I mean, you got to at least do your due diligence and listen. Yeah, okay. Well, what are you offering? Right. All right, cool. We'll, we'll let you know. And then you hang up the phone. You go, probably not. That's don't, not going to happen. Don't call us. We'll call yeah, you. Yeah, we'll let you know if that happens. And then the problem is and they, that, that team sits there and says, you know, some beat reporter goes, what are you guys doing? Well, we're doing this. We're doing this. We call that Jose Abreu. Call that Jose Abreu. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Seven people from the Chicago media pick it up. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Right. Now all of a sudden the fan base panics. Don't panic. I think they think of him as a mentor. I think they think of him as somebody who can still really contribute to the team in the middle oh, of the yes. world. I think they think of him as a big leader. He's a leader who speaks Spanish, who's part of the team, who I think, like I said before, is going to give them a hometown discount because he's already telling people I intend to be with the White Sox for a long time. They're not giving up that. No. They're no. not. He's, he's, like, he's like what Paulie was. I mean, that's, it's, it's going to be the same type of thing. Oh gosh. And there's been just so many little funny tidbits from the from the winter meetings. Like Hans interview on Monday morning uh on MLB network when they asked him they asked him about uh Eloy Jimenez and his agent making noise about the fact that he hadn't been brought up. And uh and Han says, I went down and had dinner with him. The agent or with Eloy? With Eloy. Okay. And me and Eloy are good. I don't know if you noticed, but we signed his brother. And it was almost like saying, like, I took care of it. I signed his brother. He's not mad at me anymore. Like, That's funny. <laughs> that was almost like what he said. I was like, I mean, it's those little tidbits. It's that little stuff that I'm really enjoying about it because they're almost forced to have to have these conversations because they're being hounded. You know, I mean, everybody's walking around trying to get information. So they're look, they're being hounded. Look, and so they're, they're just saying some things and they're throwing some little things out. But you have to look at why they're saying them and how they're saying things. And, you know, I saw Han on the business of baseball. and. Um, the MLB Network did a thing last Saturday, this past Saturday night. Business of baseball. He sat down with three other GMs, and Rick Hahn was at the table as the fourth GM, and they're asking him questions about his front office. And I think it's very telling. Like he, he, there was a little interesting tidbit in that, where he was talking about the use of sabermetrics and the use of all the analytics and everything like that. And he said, "We have coaches, some coaches that have been on this team for twenty years." That's obviously Don Cooper. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's who he's talking about. And he goes, and they may have been resistant to it, but now they want it because their players want it. See what I'm saying? Yes. He was almost like he was saying, if you're listening, you see, it's a thing. There's so many little tidbits to pick up. If you're listening, it's like he's saying, yeah, we got this old curmudgeonly guy, Don Cooper. Well, I love Don Cooper. Okay. Look at what he's done. But oh, he's, my God. Yes. You've, heard, you've heard him talk on the radio. Yes. He's curmudgeonly. Yes. He's just, he, he's curmudgeonly. He's got that accent. He's from New York. He, get, he gets all angry. He yells at people. He, he's curmudgeonly. He does. Get- he looks curmudgeonly. I love him. I love curmudgeonly people, but that's what he is. That's the perfect word for him. And you can just see him going, ah, stupid. I'm not listening, reading this stupid stance. You got to throw the ball more. You got to do this. You got to do I mean, I'm sure. And now he's like, and we got guys even like that that have come around to it. You know, right. he mentioned Kenny a few times when he was in there, but he was talking about all the guys in the room, like almost like explaining like, yeah, I got guys like Kenny Williams that are ready to like do this and do that. But, you know, we have a discussion. It's a healthy discussion. And then we move on. Like, I, 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 I almost felt like now he's not as crazy as Rizzo, the GM of the Nationals, who supposedly has a big giant screen in front of him. I gleaned off of this thing. 
that has all the analytics and StatCast stuff on it live during the game and will call down to the dugout and tell them, shift them this way? Wow. <laughs> so he's not doing that? But then the other thing was, Han basically said, I, he actually slipped when he said it because he was trying to explain about how things work with the lineup. He slipped. He says in this thing, I send my lineup down to the manager. If, Interesting. If Ricky, if if the mm. manager then makes a decision based upon this guy's hot or this guy's having a bad day or this guy, I don't like the look in his eyes or something like that, and he changes the lineup, that's fine as long as he can explain and justify his change. Okay. So that's how, I mean, that was a really interesting tidbit. If you're paying attention during this week of winter meetings, we just learn that Rick Hahn fills out a lineup card and sends it to Ricky Renteria. It says, this is your lineup tonight. And if Ricky changes it, he better have a good damn reason. <laughs> and it's, and it's <laughs> all done. This is exciting to me as a White Sox yes, fan. Yes. Why isn't this being talked about anywhere else? That's great information. I haven't heard it anywhere else. That came out on Saturday, Dave. Our probably podcast, there are people listening because, to this podcast right now going, I never heard of that. I don't know why. Probably because nobody wants you to no, hear because, about it. Because, because if I turn on a sports talk radio station right now, they're talking about the, the, the football game that they went to, uh, something that happened at their kids' uh, uh, school, uh, what they're having for the holidays. They're playing some silly game that's on there. They're, nobody's actually talking about sports, and when they do, they're not talking about the White Sox. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And by the looks. It's gonna be a good one. Nudie's basement. We'll broadcast basement. The Nudie's basement. The broad basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. You've got the Bears and you've got the Cubs, and like that's it. Right. And you have the occasional you have the occasional griping about like how bad the Bulls are occasionally. There's too much coverage of the Bulls. They're they're terrible. Oh, I know. No, and nobody's watching them. Oh no. I would and, much rather have some White Sox news. Okay. I, I would much, much rather have some White Sox news over some Blackhawk news. They're terrible too. Okay. Well, at least with the Blackhawks. No, we're not talking about it. It's a White Sox <laughs> podcast. Don't even start, man. Start your own Blackhawk podcast. I don't care. You want you want to start it with me? <laughs> You'll have to take the lead on that one. Yes, You'll that's be fine. Much that's fine. That that's fine. Socks in the basement. <laughs> Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always on socksinthebasement.com.